2: It's about culture now. It's like you're thumbing your nose at the process. Part of politics and part of sports and part of gaming. And it's not just the future of money anymore.
0: As they push the conversation further with their own criticisms and reactions
3: to the latest Bitcoin and crypto news from around the world. It believes crypto is bad and it wants it
2: out. I'm even old enough to remember when Microsoft was a kind of cool company. Ben, you're old enough
1: to remember when telegrams came over a wire under the sea.
0: <laughs> and just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice.
2: Hello, and welcome to Opinionated, another podcast from the podcast network from Coindesk. And joining us today is Danny Nelson. Danny Nelson. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And also, Anna Bedakova is another co-host of the show. Anna.
3: (laughs) Hello, guys.
2: And today we're going to be talking about a long-running saga, which is who is Satoshi Nakamoto and chiefly, who is Craig Wright to claim? He is Danny, tell us about Craig Wright and this long-running saga, just so we can situate this whole issue.
1: Not only will I tell you about Craig Wright, but I'll also tell you about Craig Wright's alter ego as Satoshi Nakamoto, the pseudonymous founder of Bitcoin, wrote the Bitcoin white paper, stewarded the original cryptocurrency through its early days, was active on the messaging boards, and then disappeared in, I believe, 2010 or 2011 without a trace the pseudonymous founder built this whole ecosystem and then disappeared. And that's left open this mystery of who really created the most important and oldest and most valuable cryptocurrency. Enter Craig Wright, an Australian computer scientist who has long asserted that he is Satoshi Nakamoto and he has backed up this claim with varying levels of dubious evidence and myriad lawsuits, basically suing anyone who would be so brash to assert that he isn't Satoshi Nakamoto.
3: I actually want to add that this whole story started in 2015 with journalists, because there was two investigations in Wired and Gizmodo suggesting that the journalists found the actual mysterious Satoshi Nakamoto, and that could be Craig Wright.
2: We're joined today by Cheyenne Ligon, who is a reporter for Coindesk, who covered the trial for us in Norway. Good morning, Cheyenne.
0: Good morning.
2: So just tell us what was at issue with this trial, because this is, as I say, a, a long-running saga. Uh, what was actually the issue with this trial?
0: So this trial specifically was over, okay, actually, to back up, this is one of two concurrent trials happening between Craig Wright and Hodlanot, who in real life is Magnus Grenath He's a Norwegian Bitcoiner. And basically, what's at issue is some tweets from March 2019 about 25 tweets in which Hodlanot said that Craig Wright was a fraud, that he was a scammer, called him fake Toshi, and tried to get a hashtag, Craig Wright is a fraud, going on Twitter. And that upset Craig, who resented being called fake Toshi, and he doxed Hodlanot, put a $5,000 bounty on his identity, got his supporters to stalk him around Oslo, and then sued him. So the suit in Norway that I went to, Hådlanat basically tried to get ahead of it by suing Craig in Norwegian court to get a court to declare that his statements were protected by the freedom of speech and prevent Craig from suing him in the UK for damages in connection to the tweet.
1: And it's worth noting that this is not the first time that the issue of whether or not Craig Wright is Satoshi has come up in court. It's also not the first time that you've had the pleasure of dealing with in court. What else have you seen from Craig Wright over the years?
0: Danny? not only is it not the first, it's not the second, it's not the third. Craig Wright is a very litigious person. I have had the pleasure of reporting on a Craig Wright-involved trial already. I was in Miami last November for the Kleiman versus Wright trial, which Wright was actually the defendant in. But these are all relating to his claims of being Satoshi. So in the Kleiman versus Wright trial, he was sued by the brother of his former friend and collaborator, who he at the time claimed to have invented Bitcoin with and then later changed the story to better suit himself. So his friend's brother was trying to go after Satoshi's 1.1 million Bitcoins.
2: So Cheyenne, there seems to be a large, unclaimed batch of Bitcoin, 1.1 million, uh, which is at the center of this case. Can you just explain uh, why that's so important?
0: There's a bunch of wallets that are believed to belong to Satoshi, and those wallets hold a collective 1.1 million Bitcoin that haven't been moved since Satoshi disappeared. And that's what Craig Wright wants access to, and also what everybody wants. That's the pie.
2: So what was the evidence presented in court to prove from Wright's side that he was actually, or is actually, Satoshi?
0: I mean, obviously, there's a ton of evidence that has been submitted. But, you know, the, the interesting thing about this trial in Norway is that Craig has always said, you know, oh, I can move the coins. I can prove that I'm Satoshi. I just don't want to. And in Norway, his story kind of changed. And he hilariously told the judge that he stomped on the hard drive that contained Satoshi's private keys and therefore could not access Satoshi's wallet.
3: Should have been a pretty soft drive, I wanted to say, (laughs) if you can destroy it by just stomping on it.
0: So Hodlunot's lawyers called out that he had previously testified that he destroyed a thumb drive with a hammer. And then they were like, and now you're saying you stomped on a hard drive with your foot. And he was like, yeah, I was drunk. It was a long time ago. So whether he did it with a hammer or his foot with his, you know, martial arts experience, either way, he says that the device containing Satoshi's private keys is destroyed and he can no longer access Satoshi's wallet, but did tell the court that she could give a court order to grant him access to the bitcoins.
1: Well, hold hold on there for a second. Martial arts experience? Oh yeah. I know that Craig Wright is famous for a lot of things claimed or otherwise. Oh yeah. Martial arts is one of them. What what's his practice? Is it Taekwondo? Is it is it Bondo? Is it Muay Thai? What's he what's his specialty?
0: I don't want to get myself in trouble. I think it's karate.
1: Is he going to sue you for saying it's Muay Thai instead of karate?
0: Well, (laughs) Muay Thai wouldn't make sense because, okay, part of his claims to be Satoshi is that he has a long-running interest in Japanese culture and does Japanese martial arts with his grandpa who trained with the Japanese forces. And I think he has quite a katana collection. Oh my. Yeah.
1: Well, we don't want to mess with him.
0: He
3: probably just used that hard drive as, you know, they use the bricks that you break (laughs) with your palm, right? (laughs) Because who cares if there is hundreds of millions of dollars of Bitcoin? You just, it's your hard drive, whatever you do with it.
0: Well, you know, and it's the principle of the matter. He said that he destroyed it so that nobody could make him do what he didn't want to do. And that would be cryptographically proved that he's Satoshi.
1: Except for a court order.
0: Right. Except for a court order.
1: Because then he would have to do it.
0: Well, no, no, no. He doesn't want a court order to make him access the wallets. He wants a court order to make the Bitcoin miners give him access to the coins.
1: Oh, what a convenient mm-hmm. thing that would be.
0: Wow,
3: that's smart.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've got it hand it to his lawyers there. That would be a very savvy play if it ever worked or was ever complied with, which I don't yeah. think it would be.
0: It's basically impossible, but, you know, I guess he can try Let's explain how that would
3: work. Like, what's the logic? How would miners could allow him access those coins? Like fork, like play back the Bitcoin blockchain, what, whatever can be done.
0: I am not the right person to explain this, but I have been told by our tech editor that it is basically impossible and it would result in a fork. So I'm not really sure what he's angling at.
3: Not sure Craig Wright understands himself, but whatever. Oh, oh right. my God, I'm going to be sued. Uh, anyway. You're going to be sued. Dismiss, oh, <laughs> dismiss. No. <dismissed. laughs>
1: please please note, we are not affiliated with Anna Bydakova. Her, her views do not represent us.
3: Here we go. Right, next question, I guess.
2: Doesn't the fact that Craig Wright would go after Hodelnott for a few tweets suggest someone that really likes the limelight here? I mean, if he really wanted to kind of put this to bed, he could have done. He could have ignored the tweets. Instead, he kind of launched this whole lawsuit. And it seems like he's in love with litigating this question.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it suggests a couple of things. Also, somebody whose entire identity at this point is based on having people believe that he's Satoshi, whether or not that's just kind of his small group of followers or whether that's the the wider world. And you know, I think that we see somebody who thinks that they can kind of litigate their way to a clean reputation. And I, I just personally don't think that that's possible. I don't think that he's changing the tide of public opinion in this lawsuit. If anything, people like him. Less at this point, he looks less like Satoshi, getting back to the question before that I think we got distracted by karate and didn't answer. what's the evidence? Well, you know he he has this new angle that's basically keys are not proof, people are proof, and so he is parading out a bunch of people from his past that can allegedly confirm that he's Satoshi based on conversations that they had with him around two thousand and eight when the white paper was being written.
2: And chief amongst those is the Bitcoin developer, Gavin Andreessen.
0: Well, that's interesting because Andreessen is not a witness in the case, has not been a witness for Craig. Andreessen has kind of all but denounced him publicly. He said that he felt like Craig had bamboozled him in the private signing session and he is not here to witness for Craig. But something that Craig said over and over again is the fact that I convinced Andreessen at the time is enough to convince the court that I am Satoshi.
1: Oh, Lord. What a strange set of evidence that would be to say, once upon a time, I did a thing. It doesn't matter that that thing no longer stands, but it did then, and therefore it should apply now. And then also back to that idea of people versus keys, is it the whole point of Bitcoin that we don't want to have a system where we need to trust the people, we just need to trust the code and the system and therefore the keys?
0: You would not be the first person to make that assessment. You know, and the the other proof that he has provided has been kind of like the issue here, because a lot of it has been found to be manipulated or forged. And that's been an issue in basically every one of Craig's trials. So in the UK in August, his judgment against Peter McCormick came back and he was only awarded a dollar because he was found to have submitted deliberately false evidence. And in this case, Haudenot's lawyers commissioned KPMG to go over a ton of evidence that Craig had submitted. And I mean, it was damning. They basically found that Craig used fonts that didn't exist at the time that he submitted documents. (laughs) There were numerous examples of where like, he had clearly used a text editor to change the date on something that he had accessed and used a smaller and different font. Oh, my goodness. There are clear signs of manipulation. And even his own experts were like, um, "Yep, yeah, looks forged because they're not going to sacrifice their own reputations for him.
1: Experts that he hired yep. said in court, yeah, this guy's stuff doesn't look legit.
0: I'm paraphrasing because I wasn't there. This is Jack and I was helping with his piece. But yeah, he hired experts from BDO, which is another kind of multinational services firm. And on the stand, when they were asked about a specific document where it looked like Craig had edited with a text editor, the date of access using a smaller and different font on the last two digits of the date. They were like, yep, looks like that's what happened.
1: This has given me flashbacks to when I get emails and hi, Danny is in a different font than the rest of the email. <laughs> and I'm like, I get, I get that you're going to send this to a lot of people. Just do the small amount of work that it takes to make everything look okay And I guess when there are millions and billions of dollars on the line, I I would hope that the same scrutiny would be applied.
3: I must say, I'm kind of impressed by the audacity. This story is, it has been going for years. And Craig Wright has been, I'll say that, has been embarrassing himself with this like fake evidence, his experts like backing off from him. But still, he won't stop. Does he still believe
0: he can convince the world that he is Satoshi? I mean, if you're asking for my personal opinion, which is risky to give in matters relating to Craig Wright, I think that he probably has given up on the world believing that he's Satoshi, but desperately needs to keep convincing his own ecosystem that he's Satoshi, because that's still very profitable for him. I also think that he does have wild hopes that he can get a judge to say, yep, I've been given the proof. I believe this man to be Satoshi. Here's a court order. Try to go get your coins because he's trying to get money. But I also think it's somebody who like doesn't know how to let go doesn't know how to say, you know, I've been a fraud, because he he's just lying and moving the goalposts constantly. The other thing too, is like, we can laugh about it, because it's funny to talk about this stuff. But it's also like, it's not funny for Hodlanot. And you know, it's not funny for the next person who says that he's a liar, or says that he's a fraud, and gets 12 likes on their tweet, and then he goes after them, and you waste years of your life and millions of dollars, and you have to go up against somebody who's backed by a billionaire. As laughable as it all sounds, it has serious consequences.
2: Coindesk is calling all visionaries in the digital economy to present at its newest event, Ideas. Ideas is the place for you to present your market opportunity in front of leading investors poised to help you get your idea off the ground. Apply to become a presenter at Ideas 2022 at Coindesk today. Visit coindesk.com ideas for more information. Can we just catch people up on BSV quickly?
0: Basically, Craig Wright is the leader of a fork of Bitcoin Cash, which is a fork of Bitcoin called Bitcoin Satoshi's Vision. And as the name would imply, a lot of the credibility of BSV kind of relies on Craig being Satoshi, or else how can it be Satoshi's vision? I guess it could be BCV, Bitcoin Craig's vision.
1: And to say that he's the leader of it, and that we talk about the value of this ecosystem, like, how big is this BSV community? And- why is it so important to perpetuate these lawsuits? Are they really going to be feeding into let's just the value of BSV? Like, I'm curious, have we seen a chart of BSV during this trial? Does it move with the proceedings?
0: That is a very good question, and I should have checked. I don't think the ecosystem is very large, but I do think it is very dedicated. It has been delisted from a lot of major exchanges after Craig doxed Hodlanot. So it's not something that is kind of widely used.
2: Well, according to CoinMarketCap, the value of BSV currently is around $1 billion. So there is substantial value here to protect.
0: Yeah, wow.
2: Okay, so let's get on to a kind of wider question here of, of whether it actually matters who invented Bitcoin. And it seems like this was very much a live question in the early days of Bitcoin, but it seems to have gone off the radar now. And journalists in particular have stopped trying to go down this kind of hoary old rabbit hole to try and find out and prove it. And it's very sort of dangerous to journalistic reputations and to media reputations. So it's kind of a third rail that people have tried to avoid. If it is code propelling this whole thing, then people are not so important as to you know their role in it. What do you think?
0: I think it's an interesting question. I think it's a fascinating kind of enduring mystery in the crypto industry and the wider community that, you know, we don't know who Satoshi is. And I, I don't know. I think that some mysteries should stay mysteries. If we were presented with proof of who Satoshi was, although proof is a kind of nebulous thing, I think people would be interested to know. I mean, I think we would publish this story, but I, I don't ever want to be given that proof. And I think it is a really dangerous game to play of, of who Satoshi is because I think that if this saga has shown us anything, I mean, even people that are very, very, very smart can be tricked.
2: I mean, I've even heard some people say that it's much better for Bitcoin in terms of its value and sort of importance to this community that we don't know who the inventor is or the inventors better left as a secret.
1: I feel like it's extremely important for all of crypto that we don't know who Satoshi is because of this idea that. The code just works and we can trust in the code. We don't have to trust in a person.
3: I for one believe that it would be cool to know who the person actually is if we ever to discover that. Just because it would give another turn to this story. And because the Bitcoin community will have to kind of reinvent the narrative of Bitcoin because that mystery will be gone. And then everybody will have to reconvince themselves that it still doesn't matter who Satoshi is. We still only care about how this code works.
2: But I mean, surely the whole point of crypto is that it's belonging to the community. It's not owned by a single person. And uh, knowing who Satoshi is would be sort of injurious to that idea. And it's interesting with Vitalik, I think, in Ethereum, that, okay, he is one of the co-creators of Ethereum and he is the most important player in the continued success of that blockchain, but he's not kind of a domineering, CEO kind of aggressive type the fact that he's kind of a bit sort of derpy if you will (laughs) you know he's not synonymous but he's definitely not a kind of aggressive big jawed kind of guy uh like you know Jeff Bezos or something
0: I think that there's less risk if Satoshi was found to be somebody like Halfany, right who's gone you know who who can't lead a movement would that really change crypto or would that really change the bitcoin community that much no probably not but I mean what if it was somebody like Elon Musk? Oh, goodness. You know, like, what if oh we found out God, that... Do you, know, no. do you know how many emails I got that were like, here's a tip. Elon Musk oh, is Satoshi. No. Like, okay, okay. But still, like, for argument's sake.
3: <laughs> that would destroy everything. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> I would go live in a cabin in the woods.
1: Guys, let's take a poll. If you had to decide, will the real Satoshi please stand up? We have in the right corner craig Wright and in the left corner elon musk and one of them is satoshi (laughs) and you have to pick and moving to the cabin in the woods isn't an option because the boxing ring is in your cabin in the woods because they tracked you down (laughs) i think i would have to go with craig Wright.
3: what i would you want it to be elon musk this is like it's such a battle of titans so no oh i would pick Elon elon a thousand times over i
2: don't know me too
1: I like chaos. And also this narrative is a more pure one than just Elon. Like Elon already has a hundred kids. Does Bitcoin really need to be a hundred and first? I don't think so. That's just me. That's just me.
3: Okay. This is not going to a good place. (laughs) Let's let's wrap this question at least, guys.
2: Okay, Shayan, why don't you take us forward in this trial then? What's coming next? And what do we have to look forward to? And are there any other lawsuits out there that we need to be watching out for?
0: I mean, other lawsuits, is like whack-a-mole with Craig. So I'm sure that there's some that I don't know about on the horizon. But the biggest question that this one will settle is, you know, will Craig be able to sue Hodlanot in the UK? And that's going to be much more dangerous for Hodlanot, much more expensive, because it's much easier to win these sorts of cases in the UK.
1: Have you booked your flight yet?
0: (laughs) No, but you know, I wouldn't mind going to London for a little while, although I would rather not for, I don't know, the sake of my mental health and
2: everybody else's
0: wallets. <laughs> but yeah, that will be determined in, in six to eight weeks after Wednesdays, you know, can this go forward in the UK?
2: So you mentioned before that this is not a sort of victimless lawsuit, that this must have an injurious effect upon not himself. Have we actually spoken to him? Do we know what his mental state is and his sort of reaction is to this whole practice?
0: I haven't spoken to him personally. I talked to his lawyers and they declined to let me interview him because he's a party in an ongoing lawsuit, which is pretty standard. But you know, I can imagine that this is very stressful. He was doxxed against his will, stalked through the streets of Oslo, outed as a real person when he was a public school teacher. I mean, at the time of these tweets, he had less than 9,000 followers on Twitter and people were not that interested in these tweets. So. He described in court waking up one morning to just hundreds of messages because he had been doxxed and there had been a bounty placed on his identity. And then he's had to quit his job and, you know, spend the last several years of his life preparing for this legal battle. So I can't imagine that he's feeling great about that, even if he might be feeling good about the potential outcome of this
2: case. That sucks.
0: Yeah. Please edit out any too spicy tidbits of this podcast so that we don't have to experience what Hoagland is experiencing. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. I think we've trended pretty well in terms of not saying anything too disparaging. I don't know. I don't think I can be sued for summoning the mental image of Elon Musk and Craig Wright fighting. But if I am, I welcome my fate <laughs> on that one specifically, at least.
3: Yeah, let's get that cabin in the woods with a with a boxing ring. Definitely, let's
2: do that one. Okay, let's wrap this up then. Uh, Thank you very much for coming on the show again. You're a marvelous guest and we'll be watching this rather unedifying saga play out in the courts for probably years to come. Danny, any final thoughts here?
1: It's just a really crazy story that keeps evolving. And actually, you know what? It doesn't keep evolving. It's the same story over and over and over and over again, but in different parts of the world. And Cheyenne, I'm so sorry for you, but you're the best one here to go out and cover it for us. So thank you for that.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating how the details are different, but the issue is basically the same. The song remains the same.
3: Yeah, I think actually for people who are not deep into Bitcoin narrative and all these Twitter discussions and whatnot, the outcome of courts like that would matter because when I speak to somebody who just heard about Bitcoin and crypto, and there are people like that and they ask me, I heard there is this creator of Bitcoin, it will matter for them if there will be a decisive and unifying decision of the court saying, no, this man is not. So I'm looking forward to the decision because, you know, it's just less people get confused. It's better.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also think that like as these decisions stack up and there's now several judgments where judges have decided in different corners of the world that Craig Wright submitted false evidence and spun a, a web of the lies. I think that it becomes harder for him to bring these suits against people and make public school teachers spend $2 million defending themselves for a tweet with 12 likes.
2: On that note, thanks very much for listening, everybody. And this has been the Opinionated Podcast. Bye-bye.
0: See you next week. Bye. And now, a teaser from Coindesk's
4: newest podcast, Women Who Web 3. Welcome to Coindesk's Women Who Web3 podcast, your weekly podcast celebrating women supporting women, investing in women, and bridging the gender gap in wealth through Web3. Each week, we'll be learning from powerful women, sharing their insights on topics like creating belonging and inclusivity in the digital spaces, the metaverse, building prosperous Web3 projects, investing in cryptocurrencies, and building wealth. And we have how-tos from founders and builders who have been there and done that, healing sessions to give you the power to overcome imposter syndrome and everything you need to level up in your crypto journey. At the end of each podcast, stick around for some Zen with a relaxing meditation to center you after absorbing all the stories and the knowledge. I'm your host Cams and I'm on a mission to empower women across the globe to unlock the unlimited potential and earning power inside themselves through Web3. Whether you're just crypto curious or a crypto connoisseur, this podcast is for you. Let's get it.
0: You've been listening to Opinionated with Ben Schiller, Anna Barakova, and Danny Nelson. This episode has been produced and edited by Eleanor Paul with announcements by Michelle Musso.
4: If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at podcast at Subject line opinionated. Or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.